Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. I am your host as always, Ryan McGowan, and with me again is James Kay. How are you, buddy? Bonjour, no, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. Um, this week, we are sticking with the bad. <laughs> We've uh, had four episodes of Truly Bad with Mr. Adolf Hitler, which... Um, Caused us a bit of issues on the social media front, didn't it? Yep, I got banned for a little bit, but I'm back now. <laughs> James got banned from uh, Facebook for posting too many things about Mr. Hitler. Apparently, you... it was just the one. It was just the, it was just the, every other picture was fine. Apparently, it was just that one. Yeah, yeah. Don't post too many pictures about Hitler online, folks. Even if you're like just historically talking about him, because Facebook doesn't like information no no it turns out facebook doesn't read what you post it just sort of sees a picture and he's like don't like that it's like yeah, there is context yeah. <laughs> the last people to stop information about the nazis was the nazis yeah am i comparing facebook to the nazis maybe a little bit <laughs> um and so this week we've we've gone a little easier uh we're sticking with the right wing we're sticking with a somewhat who someone who somewhat now aligns himself with the Nazi regime, but this person is not Austrian, not German. This person is fully Scandinavian, and we are going with Mr. Anders Breivik, who is from Norway. So this will be fun. Norway. Norway. Yeah. Norway. Yeah. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Um, so hopefully this one passes Facebook's issues with. I, I might just not share it because the next time I get banned, it's a week and I can't be dealing with it. So I might just, I might just put a post up being like, "This is the page," and just not have an image of Anders Breivik on my profile. Yeah, you don't want to get banned for too long. How else will you be able to argue with people on Facebook if you're? Banned I couldn't from even it? like anything or anything. It was horrible. That's crazy. I actually know someone whose whose wife used to be a skinhead, like back in the day, like eighties, like. Not not a racist skinhead. I think skinheads get a bit of a bad rap. There's like I know I know what you mean. There's two sections of skinheads. You got the skinheads who were the racists, and then you got the skinheads who wore like Doc Martens, braces, yeah, and liked listening to Madness. Those sort of skinheads, yep. right? They loved ska music and all this shit. She was one of those, right? And then there's like pictures from like back it back then when they're all dressed up and that. And then Facebook banned her for like. Uh, a few days and she had absolutely no idea and then was contacting all her old friends from back in the day being like have you been banned as well and they're like yeah so it turns out facebook's algorithm's like uh we've associated you with right wingness and being a skinhead and for that reason you have been banned from facebook and it's like yeah that was like 40 years ago that's mental yeah. like facebook can't do that you can't like surely they can't do that well it's because uh the pictures sort of well i, d I don't know how it works but clearly facebook has some sort of like algorithm or whatever that detects things to be somewhat right wing and as like they've put in i don't know skinhead or do you know what i mean there's probably tag words that flag up you know how like if you google like how to make a bomb and then your fbi guy yeah. is watching your camera all the time it's like oh go on keep keep searching just make my day something yeah. interesting go on like that sort of stuff maybe they've just got key words that flag up and it, it gives them issue she's not she's she's been unbanned now uh, after having contacted them, I was like, "Yeah, that was like I was I was like a teenager then. I'm I'm like now I'm a fifties." <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Man. hopefully this passes Facebook's censor issues. 
Fingers crossed. Mm. So let's get into it, shall we? Anders Brevik, born February 13th, 1979, to a Wencher bearing and a Jens Brevik. Anders had a relatively odd start in life. His mother was a nurse and his father was a diplomat for the Norwegian embassy in London, where Anders actually, I believe, spent his first year on this world before his parents soon divorced, which to me is a bit soon. Like, they divorced when he was about a year old. And now, I understand that children can be a stressful time, but they divorced a year into that child being born. And now... Yeah, at least get him to uni. Yeah, like, you know, some people, like, stay together for the kids, all that sort of shit, like... No, he was like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, for whatever reason, they split up. It seems that the dad, Jens, was not overly keen on his now ex-wife having custody of the young child and actually fought in court to claim custody, but ultimately lost, Um, which Mm. is... Then you get all that fathers for justice stuff, like you know. Naturally, I believe I believe this to be true that women have more power in the custody battles when it comes to that. Um, I don't really know much about it. Um, from what I'm, the, from what I know, yeah. Mm. Well, it turns out there is somewhat of a good reason for Jens wanting custody of his son. Now, I'm not qualified to say at all, but it. Could be that Anders Breivik's life may have turned out a little bit different had his dad won custody. Now, it, I mean, there's, chances are you know who Anders Breivik is. You know what he's done. And so by me saying that, you might go, oh, it's an interesting thought exercise. But a psychiatrist who had observed Breivik as a child had said after his crimes back in 2011, quote, If Anders had been removed from his abusive mother, he would have developed altogether differently. His actions are essentially an extreme expression of the price society has to pay for the inadequacy of the child welfare services. Which is like a pretty fucking heavy thing. That's pretty damning. It's a pretty damning statement to say about your own child welfare services. Um, Mm. And we, I mean, we look at Scandinavian countries uh, like almost in awe. Like, they've got it. Like, they've, they've nailed it, haven't they? Like, that's, well, I don't know. When Brexit was happening in this country, we heard a lot of, like, Norway deal when it came to, like, what sort of trade negotiation powers we'd have with the EU and stuff like that. And everyone was like, we want Norway plus plus and all this shit. Like, people, yeah. people really, like, get off on the way you guys do it in Scandinavia. And I, I like you guys. I mean... <laughs> I'm a fan. Anyway, it seems that staying with his mother was not helpful in any way, shape or form because it seems that she had some underlying mental health issues such as depression and borderline personality disorder. Now, that's not to say that she can't be a good mother. I'm not saying that at all. If you have mental health issues, that doesn't mean you can't be a good parent. But this woman maybe shouldn't have been a parent and maybe shouldn't have been a parent on her own for a bit. So so by the time that Anders was actually four years old, social care workers were concerned enough to try and have him separated from his mother. Now, that's a big fucking deal. It's one thing to have, like, 
you know, social services just come in, check on you, how you doing, blah, 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 a bit of advice, stuff like that. No, these guys actively try to get the child away from her. They say that she, quote, projects her primitive aggression and sexual fantasies onto him. The boy's four. Sexual fantasies? Yeah, sexual oh, fantasies. <clears throat> so it turns out that there are some form of, um, well, it was, I don't know what it's like now, but uh, it's, it seems to be in... Um, the early 80s there was some sort of respite program for you know maybe single mothers or parents who can't cope right so you could give them off to a foster uh, family to help look after the child while you take some time off deal what you got to deal with and then you can have the child back okay yeah um and young brevik was given to a family for a brief period so that wencher you know could have some respite from him but when handing him over to the family she made a peculiar request to the parents, saying, uh, well, asking that the young Brevik be allowed to touch the man of the house's penis as the boy had no male to compare himself to and had only known female parts, which suggests some kind of abuse. And also, um, I'm just going to pause right there. At what point in your life as a child did you grow up and was invited into a room by your father to compare penises? Is that um, something that's common, or have I just missed out? Like, what's no? What I, I don't. I, it, it. I mean, if if that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was never asked by my father to touch his penis. <laughs> no, neither was I, and I feel like we we were the good ones there. But yeah, I've never also gone through life being like, hmm, maybe mine isn't good compared to other people. Like, I just you just be happy with what you got. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I mean. I think this is fair to say when you're growing up and you like you start to hit puberty or whatever you do wonder a lot about your own and when you're like getting changed or in during PE or something like that you do think about you know always oh, my normal or stuff like that um and then obviously like you, I, I don't know I didn't you don't see many but like we, was it we have like people say like oh porn's really bad for kids blah 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 gives them false uh, perception of what's out there blah 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 so when you're a kid and you're growing up you're going through puberty i mean i didn't i didn't see any of my friends penises like you know what i mean i wasn't going around touching people's penises uh so i really didn't have much to compare to am i making sense <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's a weird it's a weird conversation but an important one yeah totally is your penis normal and and, and i'm telling you now everyone it is <laughs> your penis is normal so you think no, your penis is normal. If you're sitting here listening to the podcast, looking at your penis, going, oh, "I wish this, is this normal?" It is normal. Okay, it's normal. As long as it's not like ninety degrees, you're gonna be all right. No, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if yeah, and if it's maybe purple, maybe go see a doctor. Uh, yeah. If, if it's, I don't know, there's discharge. Look, 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 look. For the most part, it's normal. Okay, <laughs> and as Brevik's mother is not normal. And asking to have your four-year-old child touch a man's penis just so they have some sense of what theirs is like is not good, especially when you're saying he's only ever known the female genitalia area. Yeah, yeah, red flags. Yeah. Now, she also had some kind of hatred for the child, uh, calling him a nasty and evil child, determined to destroy her, and when she was pregnant with him, would complain quite a lot to the dad, Jens, saying that um, he would kick her deliberately, like... It's just a baby in the womb. Babies kick, babies fidget. And whenever he'd kick her, she's like, he's doing it deliberately. He wants to hurt me. He wants to kill me. 
So this woman thought that her unborn child was trying to beat her up yeah. from the inside. Yeah, like she really does have some serious mental health issues like going on. You know, you said, why did they divorce after a year? I fully get it. Like a year seems like a long time now. Yeah, to be fair, he had had at that point almost nine months of her just going, he's trying to fucking kill me. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be quite concerned at that point. Yeah, I mean, pregnancy's hard. I get it. Like, it's like the film Alien. I don't want a chestburster sitting inside of me, wriggling around. For the same reason, I don't want a baby sitting inside of my belly, wriggling around. It is a parasite. Let's be clear, all right? A baby is a parasite. Def- by definition alone, a baby is a parasite. Can I just clear that up, right? Because a parasite doesn't kill its host. It uses its host to grow, get bigger, and that's it. And it lives symbiotically with its host, right? That is exactly what a baby does. It uses its host. It doesn't kill it, for the most part, and then comes out like and cracks on with its life. In that sense, it is a, it is a parasite, right? Yeah. I do want kids one day. <laughs> you want parasites for, uh, for a woman. You yeah. want to put a parasite in a woman. Yeah, I just don't want it to grow inside my belly. Uh, you, go, you women, you're doing great. Like, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway... The attempt by social services to have him removed from his mother failed completely and he remained in her custody, which I don't understand why, but it probably goes to why that that, uh, quote earlier was saying that the social child services failed them. Um, Yeah. But he would have other influences in his life. Um, She would go on to remarry. Uh, I believe she remarries at least once or twice. I can't remember. Um, But one of them was an officer in the Norwegian military um, which you'd think, oh, that's kind of, that's a good step. Right? She seems to have a good thing with men. She has had a diplomat, and now she's got an officer in the military. I often, like, yeah, people are manipulative, I guess. They can hide their true mm. colours for a while. Maybe. Um, now, I couldn't find out as to how long uh, this stepfather stays in the picture. Um, so, I, I, I yeah, I, I can't be sure for that. Um, but we do know that Brevik did see his real dad from time to time, although not regular, because he was now living in France, having remarried. Um, And he saw him now and then until around the age of 16, which I'll get on to later on anyway. So in school, what was Mr. Anders Brevik like? Well, he was known to be a bit of an outsider, but for the most part was a very normal kid. He was intelligent. He was physically stronger than the other kids, kind of like an in-betweener. Not cool, Mm. not uncool, just sort of just getting on with it. People were aware of him. He'd had friends. He just did school, right? Um, he, He began to lift weights as he reached his teenage years, even going as far as to take steroids and started to show signs of narcissism, becoming overly aware of his own appearance. In fact, on one occasion, uh, later on in his life as he reaches adulthood, he will go on to have a nose job and a chin implant, I believe, or a jaw implant. It was one or the other. But anyway, he's had um, some serious facial reconstruction, and he still looks like an egg with hair. I find that's quite common with these like psychopaths. They're very self-conscious. Oh, yeah, they're hyper-aware of themselves. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, what gets me is, I mean, he's not a good-looking bloke. Not that that really should mean anything, but he's not an overly good-looking bloke. He does look like an From egg. what I remember, the hairline is receding. Oh, God, yeah. 
Yeah, it might be even handy to have a picture up while we talk about him. I've got, on, on all of my scripts that I write for this podcast, I don't know why I do this, but I always put a little picture. Like, if I was to give this to someone, like, well, that's what he looks like. But no one reads this other than me and no one can see it. So the picture is purely for me. But there is a picture of him. It's for you. There's a picture of him and he is crying, which is quite nice. I like, is it in the courtroom? Yeah, he's in a courtroom crying as he's being shown his... Um, right-wing extremist videos that turned him and he's crying while watching them so i like watching him cry anyway. yeah yeah i've got a picture of him there he is yeah and there's like a really old picture of him and he's got a really weird beard and he like forks yeah what a weird dude yeah so he starts to become very narcissistic are you aware of the story of narcissus narcissus yeah, like vaguely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like starts. He, I think he has like a spell put on him by a goddess or whatever, and he's like looking in the. He's looking at his reflection in the pond, and he's like, "Oh my god, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in the world." And he's like, falls in love with it, and then that's what that's his undoing because he like he's like falls in the pond or something because he, he wants to wants to be with that person. But his behaviour started to turn rebellious around the age of about 15, 16 years old. Okay, so he was part of a hip-hop crowd running around Oslo. Yeah, hip-hop. Um, which I would never have been a part of myself. Um, but what he was quite good at uh, was spraying graffiti, oddly. Uh, apparently he was quite good at it and he got involved in a gang spraying gra- graffiti. Uh, and was caught on several occasions and had to pay some serious fines, which then pricked up the ears of, again, social services being like, your child is being a nuisance again, please. Oh, I also want to point out, um, when psychiatrists saw young Anders Brevik, even when he was four years old, and they saw the mother, and the mother had some issues, um, they looked at the child and immediately were like, "Mm -mm, red flags, because the child smiled at them, right? Now, not normal smile, they, they made comment of it because they went, that kid is projecting emotion. They just spotted it immediately. They were like, that is not a genuine smile. That kid is projecting. It doesn't know how to, like, it doesn't know how to respond to us. And it, it knows that smiling at us is the, probably the best option for this situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, yeah. psychopaths, I think it's psychopaths. They don't feel emotion, but they're very good at pretending to have emotion. And that's how they get it. Like they can. It's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath, isn't it? Yeah, I can't remember like what the difference was. Tend, psychopaths tend to be born that way, and sociopaths, it's kind of a learned behaviour. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it... Psychopaths, yeah, they don't show emotion. They don't feel emotion. Mm. Yeah. And they can be quite manipulative, whereas sociopaths overfeel. Ah, okay. Well, he he was projecting at that point, and they spotted it immediately, and were like, "That kid's smile is not genuine. He's literally doing that because he feels like he knows that that's probably the right thing to do in this moment." And even for them, then that was like, "That's red flags." Um, so yeah, just yeah, a little thing there as well. Now it was um around this time that Brevik stopped hearing from his dad. Now Brevik's mother, she claims that Jens, his dad stopped having contact with him because he was ashamed of Brevik's rebellious teenage behaviour um, because him having been a, a, a diplomat and now living in France, sort of having this high life, he didn't want the idea of his son being this rebellious teenager going down a bad path. Um, now, the dad absolutely vehemently denies this. He's like, that's not true. Um, he's like, it, it, we just sort of stop talking it was no fault of anyone's or anything like that but either way they actually have never spoke since 
and even after Brevik's crimes happened in 2011, uh, they someone managed to, I think it was some Norwegian channel, managed to get hold of the dad and was like, you know, can we have comment on your son? And he was like, yeah, he probably should have just killed himself. But yeah. I know, right? Now, having had a stepfather who was an officer in the army, Brevik maybe had grand plans for himself in the military. Now, Norway, I'm, I, this was news to me, I'm not sure if it would be to you, Norway has some form of lenient form of conscription, right? Um, people are called up to take a test to see if they're eligible to be part of the military, but you are not at all forced to serve only if you pass the test and you have the desire to serve. Does that make sense, right? I, that was news to yeah. me. I didn't realise that was a thing. I, I just didn't think you guys were like big on your military. But, yeah. So, Brevik took his test, but was actually deemed to be, quote, unfit for service and was rejected. Now, I imagine that would have been quite embarrassing for him. See, he's becoming a bit of a beefcake at the moment, doing all of his weights, taking all of his steroids. So, I'm, I have no doubt at all that he would have passed all of his physical examinations, but I think his mental state is what let him down. I think they've looked into it a bit more, like medically, and they've gone, oh, he's got psychiatrists, they've been watching him since he was a kid, he's got this, he's got blah, blah, blah. Mm -mm, we don't need that kind of person in the military. Mm, okay. I also looked, I don't know if they do it now, but I believe at, when, he was, when he was a young kid, Norway had some kind of... Um, because it was like three generation rule where like if um one member of the family had like mental health issues they were like they'd keep an eye on the other generation and then the third just to double check that because they were like it's likely that it might pass down that kind of thing i get that yeah it make, does make kind of sense i'm not sure if that's still a thing that they do anymore because obviously then you've got potential prejudice um between the generations it'd be like all right so what my parent had like some sort of issue doesn't mean i have it and that, that you might be prejudiced against if they do. Um, it, it's one of those, that like, eh, should you really be looking at that? I don't know. Uh, anyway. I suppose it depends on the different circumstances. Like, if someone is dangerous and they have kids, then I think they should be kept an eye on. Do you think yeah. the kids' safety more than anything? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, but, like, if your dad was a murderer, should you be judged for that as well? No, no. But then I don't feel like a murderer should be able to raise a child i don't know oh no no i totally get you but like say like you say you're like you i don't know say you're like right now uh in theory right whatever and then like i don't know a parent of yours kills someone in absolute cold blood they get put away in prison blah 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 should you be then watched oh you know no, what I mean? no no should you have yeah, then yeah, okay. like social services come up to you and say oh we'd like we need to observe you for the next five years to see if you have any traits that might be similar to your own father's do you know what i mean i, I don't know yeah, if that's yeah. fair to do i understand the concept it's a bit minority report isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah i get you um so anyway i imagine that being a narcissist as well really doesn't help his rejection he's someone that's very 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 aware of his own image He's carefully trying to mould himself into something perfect and then he's just being completely flat out rejected by the military, which is something that he, he does admire. Um, it's probably going to be a very big blow to him. So now Anders is a fully grown adult. He's living with his mother in a flat in a relatively middle class area of Oslo. Uh, 
his relationship with his mother never got better. They were just sort of indifferent to each other. However, his mother, probably more than likely down to her mental health issues, I she's starting to get ill, and I think maybe she can be a bit of a hypochondriac as well, but she's constantly getting ill. Um, and it got to the point where, probably due to his narcissism, and like him so desperate to like be looking after his body and his image, blah, 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 Breivik would take to wearing face masks in his flat all the time whenever he's around his mother. Which, when I learned about that, it really surprised me because I was like, there are people today during a genuine pandemic who still refuse to wear a face mask when they go to the shops. And yet Anders Brevik, a man who is a serial murderer, can do it around his own mother. Yeah, there's been... There's wearing a mask and then there's wearing a mask. Like, I think he's going a little too far. How do you mean? Like, wearing a mask around your mother. I don't, like... I don't know, man. It just something about that seemed odd to me. Like, even if my mom got like, I don't know, some. It it depends on what did she have. Do you know what she had? No, no idea. Apparently, she was constantly getting ill. If she's constantly getting ill, that must mean it comes and goes. I don't know. If it was contagious, I kind of get it. But even then, it's, uh, when it's family, you kind of kind of wave the rule a little bit. Oh no, no. Oh, I understand you now. But this is where I'm saying I think it comes down to his narcissism because he he's too perfect to get ill. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he, he's, his body is too perfect to have to put up with germs from someone else. Do you know what I mean? He's living with someone who's getting ill, and he's like, "Well, I won't get ill from something you've got." He can't allow. Yeah, you don't himself. expose yourself to like germs and shit when you do eventually get ill. It's gonna really fucking kick you about. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why they say like people today have too many allergies and stuff like that. Like when we were kids, yeah, even our generation, like when we were kids, like you just got like. I don't know, just roll around in mud and eat shit. And... Yeah, I think I think it's really important. You've got to, like, obviously there's the whole herd immunity thing at the minute with coronavirus, whether you believe that or not, I don't know, a different story. But, like, things with, like, the common cold and little viruses and stuff, you need to be exposed to it. Your body needs antibodies, because that's what a vaccine is at the end of the day. They inject you with a portion of the virus or disease or whatever so your body can learn to fight it, and therefore you are immune. That's what it is. Which is why it's not, there is no vaccine for the common cold because, I don't know if you're aware, every single common cold you've ever had is different from the last. Yeah, it's, it's mutates like crazy. Yeah, it's constantly evolving and mutating and improving. Which is why they think that um, a vaccine for coronavirus might not work because it, it'll just mutate and then it won't matter. Yeah, because do we, we don't have a flu vaccine, do we? We've got... What? There's like flu shots which kind of like help you a little bit. Right. Oh, maybe but no, you can't cure it. You can't cure it. Mm. There is no cure. Either way, if Anders Brevik wear a mask, so can you, Karen. Um, now, he had tried several different professions, like um, selling fake degree certificates, uh, <laughs> and on one occasion, attempting to buy blood diamonds from Liberia, <laughs> which are all standard. We've all done it. We've all done it. They're all standard professions. We've all done it, like, you know... It's not like when we've applied to work in, you know, Asda's, Sainsbury's, Farm Foods, all this shit. Like, <laughs> I've tried to sell blood diamonds. Like, how does that look on your CV? Yeah, not great. But if you, could, if you can do it, you can make a killing. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't. <laughs> now, right. by this point, I mean, he has had other jobs. I believe he worked in a call center for a little while and stuff like that. But for now, 
he is unemployed and he is living in his mother's flat and he's practically locked himself away in his room. He's scanning the internet, becoming more and more radicalized the longer he stays on the internet, right? And now they also mention, whenever you hear about Anders Brevik, they'll always go, he locked himself away in his bedroom on the internet and was also gaming obsessively. It really bothers me that they they mention it. I've watched quite a few documentaries so far uh, on this and even done some reading on it as well. And every single fucking thing talks about his gaming habits. Now... Uh, it's, it's it's bullshit. If if it's it's everything else compiling on it. Like if he went out and had a social life and went to work or whatever, came back and played Call of Duty for the evening and then went back to work, he wouldn't have had an issue. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It, it, it's it's the fact that he's literally doing nothing else. Which if you sit there and fucking bake bread all day and do nothing else, you will lose your mind. That's it. Yeah. What annoys me is that it, literally like a month ago, I believe. A study came out and it went, oh yeah, gaming actually has nothing on people's minds and it, it, gaming does not make people uh, aggressive. That was the thing, wasn't it? Because everyone always blames gaming. They're like, oh, games make people violent. And it's like, no, they don't. They really don't. They make people momentarily angry when think, when they don't win. Like, we've all been there. We all get it. Yeah. But then we don't go outside and start gunning people down because we're rational human beings. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not being funny. I was at a driving range the other day and I'm telling you now, when I miss the ball, it fucking infuriates me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I, I've seen loads of other people along the line miss the ball and almost throw the clubs down the driving range. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> gaming is not exactly yeah. like something. I mean, gaming is not the thing that makes people angry. It's just people get frustrated about stuff. Although, yeah, people can't do things. Although I believe I do still have a picture of a controller that you absolutely obliterated when playing FIFA once. Oh yeah, but that that was just that was just me throwing it across the room and it hit the wall mm, funny. Yeah, I've gone through a fair few controls, but yeah, like, but yeah, but there's a big difference in frustration and being a psychopath. Oh yeah, totally. Well, he says that he used to play World of Warcraft to relax himself, and he would play Call of Duty. I'm not joking to train. <laughs> well, if Call of Duty trains you, I am the world's most elite Do you soldier. Know what I mean, like. He, uh, uh, well, I mean, uh, what what Call of Duty game was out at that point? Was mod what which app was? Oh, what what game is no Russian? Twenty eleven. That was Modern Warfare two, which I think it would have been out at that time. No, but this is before he was practicing and training uh, yeah, before, before two thousand eleven. So it, I don't uh, know. No, maybe it was World at War. Um, <laughs> oh, I really wish he he would have loved no Russian episode. He would have loved that game. <laughs> That's a great mission. Uh, but yeah, that really bothers me that they keep bringing up gaming. Gaming does not make people violent. Oh, it might have been. It was released in 2009. Oh, then he's totally played it. Yeah, he's totally played Call of Duty and he's totally played the the the, uh, the mission. No, no Russian. No Russian. Episode, yeah. That's yeah. a good mission. Like, it's fucking horrible, but it's it's fun. Yeah. Don't get, like, everyone found it fun. Um. So yeah, stop mentioning the gaming. It doesn't help. <laughs> you don't train mm. by playing Call of Duty. Like, you don't. Although they do use... um. Uh, like PlayStation and Xbox controllers in the military, don't they? For like drones and stuff. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, which means I could fly a drone. Like, they want young people to do that shit. Yeah, it make it more accessible. Well, it's a bit like um, Ender's Game. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, they want like children to um, like I don't know pilot 
all these spacecrafts, but like they pilot it because like kids can play games and they can like get all this shit and they can learn it all quickly. So they think they're playing a game, but actually it's real warfare. And then like they have no mm. idea what they've been doing. It's kind of but. interesting game. Anyway, mm. Oslo. I'm going there tomorrow. Well, today, if you listen to this episode as it's come out. Oslo is becoming a more and more multicultural city with people from all over the world coming to live there for a better standard of living and also a more expensive standard of living I'm finding out at the moment. Uh, Kind of like how London is a bit of a melting pot, which personally I really like about London. But for a small minority, like, you know, white middle class is like Anders Breivik, he sees it as an attack on his cultural heritage. He sees an invasion of his homeland by Muslims in particular happening right before his eyes and believes that Europe will one day become a Muslim state. Which baffles me. So many people have that fear and you just ask them why, what makes you say that? And the only answer they'll ever give you is, oh, because they will come over it. It's like, yeah, but explain further. Explain to me in great detail how this is going to become an Islamic country. Like, just, they can't, they, it's impossible. They're fucking idiots. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. People that hate foreigners are just unintelligent. Yeah, there's a... Um, it's just, it's all it boils down to. There's an old, an old, 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 like, joke from some comedian talking about immigrants and people getting angry at them. And he's saying he's replied to those people that get angry with something along the lines of, it's like, if someone who comes here who can't speak proper English has no, uh, has, like, no qualifications or anything like that and steals your job your shit yeah for sure just like (laughs) you're not good enough to do the job so we need immigrants to do yeah totally um but what really baffles me and i i looked this up right i had a quick little google search there is over a billion muslims in the world right um which is a lot considering there's like seven billion people in the world but i believe there's just as many um catholics right but at, at this point in time and I'm not a very religious man, but there's over a billion Muslims in this world. If there really was a plot to take over Europe, do you not think it would have happened by now? Yeah, like what every Muslim is like on a massive WhatsApp chat, <laughs> yeah. just planning it. Yeah, but if there was like some ulterior motive where they were like, "We're going to take over like Europe," and they all know that, like, why haven't they done it yet? Come on, come on, stop there's, being a. There's bellend. no basis to it. It's just people just don't like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, the, there must be some reason why people just look at people that are different to them and immediately feel fear, which is what it is. It, and then out yeah. of fear spawns hatred. That's it. Yeah. It's like that that um twelve year old that drowned trying to cross the channel. And some of the comments, particularly on certain newspapers like comment threads, were like, "Oh, good, one less mouth to feed, etc." Wow. And it's just fucking horrible Man, that a twelve year old has literally died, and these fucking white fucking trash cunts are just sitting behind their fucking keyboard being like, "Oh." yeah i'm glad they're dead it's like fuck you yeah F- honestly fuck you we've said it before in the pod it's pure luck i don't know how you can be patriotic over an island that you happen to have been born on by pure luck there was a there was a dude i was arguing with recently and he was like i don't think foreigners should um be able to travel we should just stay what? in whatever country you're what, born so he's in. he's never allowed to go on holiday himself no, no, exactly. He was fully like that. And I was like, so what do you think about the British Empire? And he was like, oh, I love it. It's like, well, you hypocritical fuck. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so 
it turns out like uh, there was a documentary I was watching and there was like a, a social analyst on there talking and he was like, there is like a small minority of like white um, people who have an issue with immigrants from like war-torn countries and whatnot coming over and stuff like that and getting a better life and all this shit. Um, like, well, welcome to my world. It's everywhere. Like, th- 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 this is not this is not an Oslo thing, not a Norway thing. This is everywhere. Everywhere you go, particularly even in our country, you will find like some white middle class who, little Britain as we call them, who believe that the world is theirs, and that you know if you're not born here, you shouldn't stay here. All this sort of shit. It's annoying as fuck. I hate it personally. Anyway, America, I believe they. I think what. It's Mexicans. I don't know. I think it's Mexicans they have the biggest issue with, the people that do have an issue. Maybe. I mean, baff- again, that one baffles me more than anything. It's a nation built on immigration. Yeah, you're, the entire country, apart from the uh, Native Americans, are immigrants. <laughs> and even the Native Americans, every, every human being originated in Africa. That's just fact. Mm. Oh. And the colour of your skin is purely down to your heritage and how closely you were born or your ancestors were born to the equator. That's the pigmentation of your skin to let in like melatonin or something. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, I believe that. That's to be literally true. all it is. And people fucking hate each other because of it, because someone else was born close to the equator. It's just bruv, I get so angry that people are so thick. How do you fight stupidity? It's impossible. No, no, it is impossible. It is it's daft. Like I almost kinda wanna like you wanna sit someone down and just be like, right, you have white skin. That's great for you. Well done. You do realise that your white skin is literally because you've moved further away from the equator where there is less sunlight and your skin has got lighter to try and attract the sunlight because you need it. And they'll go, what? <laughs> you go, yeah. Yeah, they'll like, but then they'll be like, oh yeah, but uh, other, other ethnicities are coming in and taking our jobs. Like, fuck, no, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. You don't have a fucking right to a job simply because you were born on a certain plot of land. You have a right to a job based on your intelligence. And clearly you have none, so fuck off. <laughs> Dickhead, I hate them. I fucking hate them. Anyway, regardless. Anders Brevik. It's just a weekly rant. I swear we have one every week. Yeah, and it's, it's usually about racism or immigration and how people are stupid. Yeah. Anyway, Anders Brevik blamed his government, which at the time was a coalition of Labour, Socialist Left and Centre Party, for allowing this invasion of his homeland to happen. Um, also, sorry, to, uh, sorry, tangent time again. We're, we're going, I'm going back on that again, right? In terms of immigration, <laughs> right? Um, this dude, obviously, being from Oslo, being from Norway, Scandinavia, famous for their Viking heritage, blah, 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 right? I believe, you know how like people look at Scandinavians and like Scandinavians are, are deemed to be some of the most attractive people in the world? Right? Yeah, a, a, particularly the Swedish. Particularly the Swedish. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or whether it's just like a, a theory or whatever, but I, I've heard that the reason why they're particularly good looking is because whenever Vikings raided or stuff like that, when they brought back slaves, they'd only bring back the ones that they deemed to be like the most beautiful looking slaves. They didn't want like ugly people and things like that. Apparently they used to bring back the most beautiful and attractive looking people to be their slaves. And then you could, as a slave, earn yourself to be a free person in time and stuff like that. And then marry into the car- like the social system and blah, 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 blah. So even then, you could be like, well, you know, your people, are, like a lot of them were... You know, people from other countries that were brought back as slaves. 
you know, and then that someone. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I believe that to be true. I don't know if that's a, it's a, it's a theory or anything like that. But yeah, apparently the Vikings used to bring back like beautiful people to be their slaves and whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he blames his government for the invasion of his homeland happening because they were bringing in people from like war-torn countries and um, uh, people who are seeking asylum and all whatnot, right? I'm just saying, you know, come come live here. It's a great city. If you've got like something to fucking benefit, bring it. Like, you know, if you're smart, intelligent, da da da, da bring it here. Like it betters us. Why not? Um, which is why immigration's really good. Um, so something had to be done, right? He had a dream. <laughs> I just realized how that sounded. Anders Brevik has a dream yeah. <laughs> of an Aryan uprising against non-Aryans and Muslims in particular. And he also what is it with Aryans? Oh yeah, they love it. They love it. Blonde, blue-eyed, white. Oh yeah, everything Hitler wasn't. I'm partial to a blonde as well, but I don't want to fucking kill everyone nah. else. Uh, interestingly, um, his Aryan view does come up later when he's about to do his mass mass killings, and you, like, you know it'd be an interesting moment. Um, but he also wanted to rid this world of what he saw as traitors to his own race. Um, so right. his government. And uh, the best way that he could get rid of them uh, was would be to, one, get rid of the government, and two, get rid of all of its youngest prospects, those that would take over after them. Okay, so now, this would be f- almost five years uh, in the making. I believe he said he started it around, well, he says 2002, when he took a, a trip to the UK, but realistically people say about 2006 which is when the planning and the prepping actually started so we've got almost five years of radicalizing and about two years of serious planning so brevik would make trips around europe buying and storing weapons ammunition stuff like that and he would join a local gun club and that's where he would learn to shoot alongside a bit of call of duty because you know you've got to get Got to get that uh, sensitivity yep, yep, yep. right. Um, and he was buying military and yep. police uniforms online. He would be dressing up and taking pictures of himself in them, all while building his magnus opus, his manifesto, which is called 2083, a European Declaration of Independence, um, which is a load of shit because it's basically copy and paste. Mm of right-wing rhetoric that he has found online that is pretty much it he's like oh that's good i love that um but there are a few elements of his own work in there and these elements do include details on how he would commit the deadliest killing spree by one person in history um yeah i don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of him in military uniform he looks like an idiot it's good job he never went in the military because he doesn't look right it looks daft he looks like the, the those hunters that get full on dressed up in gear to go and fucking pose by some, I don't know, big cat they've killed yeah, because and their back like, was turned or whatever. He literally just drove up in a jeep, uh, been put in like a, a big tower where you can see for miles, and they've and then someone's pointed out, oh look, there it is, and you go, oh thanks, and then you shoot it. That's not hunting. Yeah. And then you go pose next to it like you've killed it with your bare hands, where in fact, if you met it face to face, it would yeah, fuck I you up. I find that up. funny, and I, I, I used to, I used to find it really irritating when people used to wear army 
camouflage stuff just in day-to-day -day life. That used to really bother me. <laughs> I used to hate it. It really irritated me a lot. But I'm okay now. No, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't really get it. I, I've, I've never, anyway, never been partial. Let's get to it, shall we? It's July 22nd, 2011, and it's Oslo. At 18 minutes past three in the afternoon, a white van is captured on CCTV parking up next to the government headquarters building where the Prime Minister Jens Stoltenberg's office is based. The man who emerges from the van and walks away casually is 32-year-old Anders Breivik, dressed in black police uniform with a riot helmet on. At 26 minutes past three, the van outside the government building, filled with nearly a tonne of explosives, goes off, leaving the area looking like a war zone. The explosion was so loud, some people thought that it was just a, uh, a thunderstorm happening. Others, more seriously, thought that a war had just started, and people were terrified. In this explosion alone, eight people would die, and dozens would be injured. But that was not the end of Brevik's plan. The police were so shocked by what had happened. Norway has a really low crime rate in general. Okay, So for this to happen, something so unexpected, personally, I can't even imagine what they were thinking. Right? The police were inundated with calls about potential suspects and reports about everything going on. And they began to only take calls related to the bombing and were desperately combing the city for suspects. Now this confusion would only benefit Breivik as he was not in the city anymore. See, he had already got in another vehicle and was already driving out of the city when the bomb exploded, heading to his next target. So about 40 minutes or so northwest of Oslo is Lake uh, Tirifjorden, where a small island called Utoya sits. It's a picturesque area where every year a youth wing of the Labour Party, who is currently in government, go for summer camp, where they've got all the young prospects who are a part of the, the party, all go, chill out, be teenagers, and just, you know, have a good time. Generations of Labour Party politicians had also visited Utoya Island for summer camp, including its then Prime Minister, Jens Stoltenberg, and this year was no different. It was packed with young people, all with hopes and aspirations for the future, and it's here that, disguised as a police officer, Anders Breivik arrives at shore. Now, there's only one way to actually get onto the island, and that is a small ferry boat that goes back and forth to the mainland. Breivik, in his police disguise, played the concerned police officer wanting to talk to them about security measures given the recent events in the city. He requested to be taken to the island and was granted permission whilst carrying a suitcase. Uh, inside that suitcase were weapons and ammunition and a lot of it. So he's now on the island of Utoya, and he asks the guardsman of the island to show him to the lady who was the head of the camp. And at 21 minutes past five, the first shots are fired. Breivik had shot them both with his pistol in the head. Two minutes later, he's walking towards the cafeteria, which is filled with young people and begins to shoot. 
Some managed to flee while others are gunned down cruelly. There was so much confusion amongst the island. One girl, this is fucking sucks, man, this one. One girl, all she sees is a police officer walking towards her. Thinking she'd be safe with him, she begins to walk towards him too. Until, not slowing down at all, he lifts his arm and starts pointing his gun at her. It's at this moment that she stops, realises what's going on, she turns, she tries to run, and then is shot by Brevik. This is the bit that fucking sucks, man. It's, just, it's the fact that he's dressed as a police officer and all these kids, like, immediately want to trust him because he's dressed like an officer, like any other fucking policeman. And they trust him, like, immediately they're like, yeah. oh, okay. And that it's that split second that allows him to do what he does. <sighs> So he then combs through the accommodation, shooting anyone that he sees, and then makes his way through the forest to the south side of the island, when he came across a water pump station building, where a large group of teenagers were hiding. Again, naturally, seeing a police officer, they let their guard down. He promised them that the culprit had been captured. Then they started to gather together. And then that was the problem. Brevik then opened fire, killing 14 of them there and then. Others were hiding on the shore, desperate not to be found. Others risked the cold water that surrounded the island and tried to swim. But some would be, some would be shot and others would drown in the water. When Brevik reached the shore, on one occasion he comes across a young lad who screams at him, Please don't shoot me. Brevik then lowers his weapon and walks away, leaving him. Now, is that a moment of remorse? No. When asked about this in particular, he explained that his actions were motivated by the fact that the young boy looked right-wing in appearance. Which... Well, I imagine he was blonde. He's blonde, he's white, he's blue-eyed. He looks, as um, Brevik would put, right wing he's got that Aryan look about him yeah and that was the only reason that he left him alone which if you were that kid you'd be like that sucks man like uh, yeah like i don't know i imagine there's a lot of guilt there um so with police busy in the city center of oslo reports of what was happening on the island weren't really getting through. They only just were starting to become heard and known. The police were coming. They were on their way, but local residents on the mainland, they were getting frustrated. They could see it. They can hear it, but they, they, they can't hear any sirens. They don't see no police. They don't see no response. So some of them, brave as fuck, man, they got in their own boats and went, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go over there. And some of them sailed over to the island to save those that were in the water. Um, and they did, some of them. Uh, one One man... Uh, goes on to explain how he was in his boat and then he saw what he thought was a t-shirt in the water and then only then realised it was a, a young child that drowned. Mm. Fuck. So at this point, I'm thinking, how can the screams not just sort of, you know, get to you and make you stop, right? You're going around shooting children. They're all children, basically. Well, Brevik has an answer to that. In his manifesto, it explains that, quote, I will put my iPod on max volume as a tool to suppress fear if needed. I might just put Lux Eterna by Clint Mansell on repeat as it is an incredibly powerful song. 
The combination of these factors when added on top of intense training, stimulation, superior armor and weaponry basically turns you into an extremely focused and deadly force, a one-man army. Uh, now, I sent you a link to a song earlier that I wanted you to listen before we started it. Did you take a listen to it? Yeah, I did, and I've heard it many a time yeah. before, because it's from Requiem for a Dream, so it's a yeah. great film. Um, it, it's very epic. It's very epic. And actually, when uh, I was watching a documentary um, whilst you know writing this episode, and I try, I played that song for its entirety whilst also watching the documentary at the point on the island and I, I i got it for a second i understood it it's a song that yeah i can understand why he put that on like oh full we all go on i used to do it like the pirates of the caribbean theme tune if ever i was like playing fifa or something like when i was young this is really sad and i needed to hype myself up to like really fully concentrate i would blast the pirates of the caribbean <laughs> theme tune really loud dun, because dun, there's dun, something dun, really dun, focusing dun, about dun, it dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah and me and my friend we used to do stage combat and we'd put that on like I love film soundtracks. I think they're the, one of the greatest forms of music. So from that perspective, I understand that it does, like in this instance, it motivated him to do horrendous things, but it is motivating and it does focus you. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening, um, I we, we're not going to play the section of the song um, because one, I don't know how we're going to do that. And I don't know for as to how long we can do that for. So we're not going to do that, but check it out. Um, put, if you're on Spotify or whatever, um, Lux, Eterna, L-U-X-A-E-T-E-R-N-A by Clint Mansell, or it's it's from the soundtrack A Requiem for a Dream. Um, I imagine most people have heard it. It's very famous. Yeah, uh, literally, as soon as you hear the five, five, first five seconds, you'll be like, oh, I recognise that. Yeah, listen to it in its entirety. It's fucking epic. It's one of those things that's like overused on X Factor and stuff as well when the judges are walking out and stuff. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just play that. But don't just like play that out loud. Like get your headphones or your earphones and stick it in your ears and just like listen to it and almost get a sense of like what he was almost. And I, I don't want I don't want this to sound weird, but like you just play it, play it fucking loud, and you can get a sense of what he was trying to do. Like that was his way of trying to block out the screams of fucking children being murdered by him. Like that. It gave me goosebumps when I did that. Anyway. It's it's fascinating that he he knew that the screams of the children would affect him. Like, we saw it with the Nazis as well in the uh, concentration camps. Yeah. They had to be on drugs, otherwise they would lose their minds because they'd realise what they're doing. So he knew that he... He it, it, he knew that what he was doing was wrong. Oh, 100%. Like, really? We will at some point. It's something I really do want to talk about. is the Einsatzgruppen, which is their Nazi death squads. Um, and their their job was purely to just go there and just murder um people um and they realized quite quickly that the people that were part of the Einsatzgruppens, they their their the whole physicality their psychology everything like that just changed really fucking quickly it turns out if you murder people in cold blood constantly you begin to change as a human um so yeah, yeah he yeah it's something he seems to be very aware of that it, it could affect him and if it did he would play his music out really fucking loud. So it's now half past six in the evening. Brevik has circled the island and is still shooting. Then he makes a phone call to the police using a victim's mobile. When the police answer, he explains that he is, and this is the bit that makes you think, you're just a piece of shit, man. He is, quotes, 
Commander Anders Breivik of the Norwegian anti-communist resistance movement. I completed my operation, so I want to surrender. Commander Anders Breivik. What a piece of shit, man. Commander of yeah. nothing, mate. You're literally like, you're a commander. You're like Stone Mountain playing fucking like uh, Call of Duty or something. You ever watch Stone Mountain doing playing like Division? Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. This is, that, that's all you are. Like, when you say, I'm Commander Anders Breivik. No, no, no. You just shot up fucking children. You don't call yourself Commander or anything, mate. You dickhead. So the police and Delta Force, which is Norway's counterterrorism team, they arrive at the island, but I don't want to like shit on them because they're heroes at the end of the day, but it's part of the story and people do bring it up and they do apologize for this later on, right? Uh, there was no, there were a few issues actually getting to the island. They wanted to get to the island as quickly as fucking possible, right? And so a load of Delta Force guys, they got on this little dinghy and they tried to get to the island as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, there is an issue with weight. Too many of them got on, they tried to go too quickly, they started taking on water, and they were beginning to sink. Um, so, uh, it turns out civilians in their own boats who had also been hanging around the island trying to help survivors, they did also help Delta Force. They Some of them got them on board, and then they got them onto the island. Whether I should, I don't know whether it's right to mention it or whatever, it happened, it's part of it. Um, and same goes for like after the, the initial bombing in Oslo, like the response... As, as as much as like you know they're heroes and they did what they're supposed to do blah 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 um there there are a lot of people um in terms of the public at that time that were a bit critical of their response saying some of them were saying like they were a bit too slow to react and things like that um and i also will mention that i think it's important to mention um that the norwegian government then and its police force as well they do actually apologize to the public for their response and you know say we wish we could have been a bit more shit hot on this so we do apologize which is nice i really like that they did that um yeah it's probably because the the low crime rates and stuff they just exactly, weren't ready exactly that's exactly what i want to put it down to like no fault of people's but it's like if you have a really low crime rate it's like you get small towns in america and then someone gets murdered out of nowhere and then the police really are not qualified to deal with the murders and homicides because they don't get them <laughs> you know I wouldn't know what to do mm. with it. <laughs> so I don't blame them at all. Um, mm. You know, maybe it's a wake-up call. I don't know. Uh, so eventually they made it to shore. Uh, and when they did, they found Brevik, who surrendered without a fucking fuss. Not an issue. Like, just stood there and was like, hi, yeah, you can have me now. So the whole ordeal lasted over an hour. 69 people were killed that day on the island. In total... 77 people would lose their lives at the hands of Anders Breivik. Eight of them in the explosion, 69 on the island. 77 individuals. Like, I think it's really important to remember that. Because I know we, we, we talk about some death quite a bit. And we've talked about some mass death as well, particularly on the podcast with some people. Um, there's that old, it's definitely from Call of Duty where I found it is that um, quote, you know when Call of Duty used to put quotes up, every time you died, they put quotes up. And one yeah. of them was always from Joseph yeah. Stalin, saying one man's death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. I don't know mm. if he actually ever said that, but it is a good quote nonetheless. When we say like 77 people died, it's not just 77 people, that's 77 individuals, people who have family, people who will miss them, people like that, people died. And yeah. most of them as well, very young. 
His youngest victim was only 14. I know. Shocking. So, in court, Brevik used his new infamy as a platform to try and spread his gospel. He did not want to be a martyr. He didn't want to die doing what he did because he believes that to keep his ideas alive, so should he. Uh, he told the court that he does not recognise their authority or their decision. Because um, <laughs> I think it's almost like to say that because they were basically denouncing everything he did. So if he was to recognise them as an authority, it would then also recognise that what he's done is wrong. So for he he has to mm. ignore them and uh, see them as, well, not recognise their authority in any way, shape or form to make sure that his ideology is the right one. And also it, it, it um, goes towards his narcissism, why he, he cannot die. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be a martyr because... He loves himself too much. He won't die for his cause, um, which, you know, for better or worse, is something, isn't it? Um, clearly don't love it that much. Um, so he was assessed by psychiatrists who initially deemed him to be a paranoid schizophrenic with a psych who was psychotic during his rampage uh, and, in particular, during the whole assessment of him. And he was classed as criminally insane. Um, um, well, so far, what we've learned about Brevik, do you, do you think he would have taken it lightly being told he was insane? No, not at all. No, I remember nope. this from the, uh, from the trial. He wanted to be found sane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and oddly, he was not the only one. It turns out the public didn't want him to be cl classed as insane either, because then it was like, well, uh, sort of in a way, you're taking it bit. away. Lessens it, yeah. Be like, well, we can't blame him or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, we wasn't in the right mind, something like that. Um, yeah, it, it didn't go down well with public. Other professionals as well in the field, they weren't happy with it. They, they've they gone, no, he's not. He's definitely not. We don't know where you've got that from. You need a second opinion. Um, he had been deemed insane. Uh, if, if he had been deemed insane, he would not have to serve a prison sentence. This is how it would have, that's how it works there. Um, he would instead have been put in a psychiatric hospital and his release would be wholly dependent on medical evaluation um, should he no longer be a threat to society, which obviously upsets a lot of the public because they're like, well, if he's insane, he gets put in a mental hospital. All he has to do is basically be good for a little while and he can get let out if he's no longer a threat to anyone, which we're not that entirely happy about. Um, whereas if he's not insane, he gets put in prison, which is kind of what we want. So, uh, again, we also mentioned that it really bothered Brevik that he was going to be classed as insane because then that would also mean that his ideas are coming from an insane person. <laughs> it's one of those, it's a catch-22. If we call him insane, it means his ideas are insane, which means anyone else who copies him is also going to be classed as insane, but he won't go to prison. It's like, oh, what one do you go for? Either way. A second opinion was called for and he was found not to be insane, uh, but he was claimed as uh, claimed to be antisocial and narcissistic and he would face trial and he would go to prison. Because on August the 24th, 2012, Brevik was found guilty and sentenced to the maximum sentence in Norway, which is 21 years in prison. They don't have a life sentence. It's crazy, Norway. but like... I. For for some crimes, I really get that, but for Brevik, is it still twenty one? He will be, he will be let out after that time. 
yes, they don't they don't have a life sentence in Norway at all. There's no. So he, death he's going to see the light no of day. Life sentence. Uh, so officially, he should be let out when he's about fifty-four. But uh, his sentence comes under something called containment, which is a type of sentence that in Norway can be extended upon reviews. It says, it, it, again, it's like the medical thing. So after he served his 21 years, he will then be reassessed. Is he still a danger to society? It can then be extended until he's no longer a danger. But was he tried on terrorism charges? Yes. It's, bad. it's, it's weird that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the maximum sentence that they have there, 21 years. Uh, with containment yeah. as well, so it can for some be crimes I really like that. For other crimes, I I think that's silly. It does also have a minimum sentence of ten years served. Uh, again, but that is upon reviews, and if you are a reformed character by then, um, so officially he is eligible for a review next in next year or a year after that, two thousand twenty-two. Yeah. So in two years' time, he will be eligible for a review, and if he is no longer, uh, if he's been a model citizen, which he hasn't. Uh, a model inmate who's reformed, blah, blah, blah. He could be eligible for a release, but um, spoiler alert, he's been a real prick. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's been a dick. He's now changed his name to Fjortolf Hansen uh, for reasons. I don't know. Uh, he's still spouting shit. Uh, he now claims to follow Odinism as a religion, which I looked it up. It's not like paganism in a way. It's sort of just any old pagan god you just sort of go for. Um, I personally don't like it on a personal level. Like I like paganism. I like um, old Norse stories. I like old Anglo-Saxon stories. I've got some tattoos now that are inspired by all this sort of shit. I love the stories. I like the infallibility of the gods and all this sort of shit. Um, I know that they are fallible. They're not infallible. They are fallible. They make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. I understand it's also a Christian interpretation, which is why they make mistakes, blah, 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 blah. It's not a history lesson. Um, but... I don't like that right-wingers start taking things like runes and, uh, you know, old-school, you know, uh, Norse stuff and start making it right-wing. You know how we joked about um, the uh, the new fucking... The, the, the OK symbol with your hands got taken away from Call yeah, of Duty yeah, yeah. because people have started using that as, like, a right-wing fucking symbol. That really fucking irritates me. Um, like, there are some runes... Uh, there's one of them called the tear rune, which is basically looks like an arrow. It just looks like a, an arrow pointing upwards. Um, that is also now, I think, been on a list in America as like a band symbol. So if you have a tear rune tattooed on you, like on your hand or whatever, and the American like um, border force see it, they could potentially flag you up and say, why have you got a right wing symbol on your hand? You'd be like, I don't. <laughs> it's not a right wing symbol. Anyway, it's that a really shame, isn't it? Yeah. It is a real shame that like heritage like that is being used. The Nazis did it. They tried to use runes and old pagan beliefs and shit like that and tried to I make... I mean, they quite literally took a symbol out of different religions and made it their exactly. symbol. And now it's just synonymous with Nazism and nothing exactly. else. And you can't use that anymore. And that, you know what? For, it really bothers me. I, I hate that personally. So that bothers me that he likes all this Odinism shit. That, that's just on a personal level. But yeah, he's being a bit of a dick. Um... <laughs> it is he, well going back to that it is weird though isn't it when someone so evil like kind of has the same some of the same interests as you like that it kind of makes them a little bit relatable which is i think it's quite scary yeah yeah and i totally get that i totally get that um so anders brevik or as he's now known as um Fjortolf hansen he um has recently been in the news because he reckons 
the Norwegian prison system is violating his human rights. Now, such bollocks. I've lived. No. Well, okay, let's discuss this. Carry on. Yeah, we're going to discuss this. I don't if know. Anything, if anything, it's yeah. given you too many, but. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know how much you guys listening are aware of um, Norway's prison system. Um, it's one of the most lenient, like, well, not lenient is the wrong word. It's one of the most, uh, well, they call it the most humane in the world. It's very it, forward thinking. Very, very forward thinking. Their prison system seems to be not based on punishment, but on, um, uh, what was the word I used earlier? Rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, right? If you are a criminal, yeah, fine. You made a crime. You pay the, you, you, was it? Do the crime, pay the time, all that sort of shit. You should come out yeah. as a better fucking human being. It should be a time for you to reflect, acknowledge what you did, and the way you pay off society is by becoming a better person and helping society, right? That is probably the better way to do it. I was saying to James at the beginning, before we even recorded the episode, who would you rather have living next to you? I suppose the American model, where if you get put in prison... There's not really much in the way of help. You get put in a room, like a cell, with like a couple of inmates who are probably in a gang. Likelihood is you'll get put in the gang as well, and you'll have to commit more crimes while you're in prison. You might get on drugs. You might have. There's no real support, and it turns out they have a sixty percent uh, reoffending rate. Okay, in America, in Norway, it's something like twenty odd. Mm. And it, I would say, it's all down to rehabilitation. They go in there and for the most part, a lot of them, they can get things like degrees and it's not like a, a prison degree. It's like an actual university degree. Um, some of the prisons that you work five days a week uh, learning a trade, things like that. Um, I love that. I love that because in particular, like in England as well, in America, all those prison systems that people go out, they literally let out the door and they're just standing there on the road and like, now what? Yeah. They'll come and get picked up and they'll go, if they did drugs, they'll go straight back to drugs. If they did committed a murder, they might go do it again. You don't know. Whereas yeah. in this system, they come out and they're like, right, I've got this degree. I know how to be a mechanic. I'm now a carpenter. I'm going to go set up my own business. That's it. It's that's so exactly it. much better. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's that's the person I would rather have moving next door to me. You know what I mean? Someone who can probably benefit the society and, and actually come out and you know, almost in, not in a proud way, but hold their hand up and say, yeah, I made a mistake, I fucked up, but I've changed since then and I've grown as a human and I'm now better. Absolutely. I watched a documentary on a, a prison in Norway recently and like, you're, when as soon as you're let in, like the, the guard shakes your hand and says, hi, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like there's ping pong tables. Like, a lot of people see this and probably like, no, they should be punished. Mm. But punishment only goes so far. Yeah, yeah. And, and realistically, we ne- you, know, you need to look at... Um, not how you deal with the crime, but why people commit crime. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Had Brevik been taken away from his mother and gone with his father, would he have been different? Probably, maybe, we don't know. But, you know, it, it, looking at it, his mother really didn't help. Um, no. And he, he could have done with some support somewhere. You know what I mean? It, it, could it have been prevented? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it'd be fair to say. Um, yeah, it's, it's the question we ask about like, every evil person. Could it have been prevented? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Norwegian prisons, as far as we're aware, are relatively It's fascinating. Good. I love it. It's like the one that I've watched, like, it's basically student halls. That everyone's yeah. got, the, like, you've got your own kitchen and there's a fucking supermarket where everyone gets a card and you yeah. go in and there's money on the card, which you earn through the wages of the work you're doing, which mm. is mad. 
and you go in and you buy shit and then some guy was asked like do people not rob things like it's criminals and he says in all the years i've been here i've never known anyone rob anything wow because they're treated with such respect that they just give respect back the guards will go into like the accommodation with them sit down in the kitchen have a cup of tea have a chat mm. like obviously they and if they need to get hard with someone and like like drag them out their cell or whatever they'll put on the riot gear but then they've got tunnels underneath the prison system which they'll use them so they don't disrupt the other prisoners it's fantastic yeah it's a very clever way of doing it um if you treat someone with respect you will get respect back if you treat someone like shit you will get shit back that's exactly it and you know how, how do you expect someone to want to improve themselves if you treat them like shit it, it won't happen like american prisons i think are famous for being just fucking awful english prisons a little bit better but still english prisons and american prisons are quite kind of similar except i think our criminals just aren't as i don't know what the word is volatile mm. like we do have volatile ones but we kind of keep them tucked away whereas american ones kind of kind of everyone's just together and see what happens mm. yeah uh, you know i'm sure there are there are prisoners out there in like norway who are almost on the verge of like you know um changeable like some of them have just been a dickhead or whatever you know i'm sure there are people out there like that it's not it can't be all perfect and there has to be some not issues everyone, like not said. everyone can be helped but um yeah at least give them the opportunity and you know things like that um i'm, yeah, I'm give all them about the resources and let yeah, them make the decision exactly i'm all about the, the rehabilitation of, of prison people um so yeah brevik reckons having spoken about how uh much better their prison system is brevik reckons that they've uh, violated his human rights i.e uh, too many uh times in uh social isolation um self-confinement all that sort of stuff that he doesn't see anyone except for the prison guards blah 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 um and i'm gonna i'm gonna just stop him there and say maybe you shouldn't have shot up an island full of children <laughs> yeah fucking talking about human rights yeah uh, uh, and that they use handcuffs way too often. They're very too they're way too physical with him. Uh, the prison has come Did out ums. since and said that the only reason they do that is because he is a very dangerous inmate. He does have the potential. He's a very big, beefy boy who could like knock down a couple of them. So they do need at least four or five uh, guards on him to move him if he doesn't want to do something. Um, I'll tell you what, those guards must have the patience of a saint because if I met him, fucking just... I don't know how you control yourself. It's like the prison guards and stuff. Like, my mom works in law. Like, she's a, a secretary for a solicitors mm. and who, like, defends people. So she, like, she meets, like... Not, she doesn't really meet murderers, but she'll meet paedophiles and people who have, like, been done with assault and stuff. And you just have to switch off the part of your brain of this person's a dickhead and just treat them like a human being. Wow, yeah. Like, she's, like, she just... When she meets, like, a paedophile now, she doesn't... It's not her job to, like, register that. She'll be like, do you want a cup of tea? Mm -hmm. And she'll just, like, be normal with them. Yeah, yeah. It, but I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how you'd go about that. Like, if I met someone like that, I'd just. I'm too outspoken. I'd have to say something. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a difference. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, well, his his claims keep getting thrown out. He keeps throwing in um, uh, complaints uh, about once every other year or so. He throws in a big complaint just so he can get in a courthouse, maybe get in front of a camera, and then he starts spouting shit, throwing Nazi salutes and stuff like that. It's all a way to try and keep himself, with probably possibly with his narcissism, trying to keep himself in the picture, uh, trying to keep himself relevant. Because uh, I don't know whether this is surprising or not. Uh, it turns out, for the most part, Norwegians have just forgotten about him, which is the best thing to do about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, just make him. him so just like fucking irrelevant. Yeah, 
because he want he wants people to talk about him, which we're probably feeding his ego by doing this episode. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what we do. That's what people do. But yeah, just forget about him. Just put him in a corner. That happened. What he did was evil. Fuck him. Let him rot in a corner somewhere. I totally agree. I think that's the best way of doing it. We've re- we've had a few recent terrorist incidents. And then we get what is, what, two weeks solid of just like them being on the front page of a newspaper. And it, for a lot of people, they don't like it. They're like, can you just not talk about them? Like, it martyrs people. Yeah, yeah, it does. Talk about the incident, maybe. Talk about the victims. But why do you have to mention the person or have pictures of him all over the papers and stuff like that? And I say him because generally yeah. they have been a, a him at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think someone I have on social media, I think maybe it was the last terror, uh, London uh, Bridge incident, and then someone was like, I won't refer to the person's name. I'm just going to call him a dickhead from now on. And every time if ever they spoke about it, like that dickhead. And it was like, yeah, yeah, take his power away. Don't give just him Just dehumanise yeah, him completely. Exactly. Yeah, so it turns out for the most part, Norwegians have just forgotten about him. They don't, they don't think about it. They don't talk about him. They're not interested in him. And if you like mention him, I go, who? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you who you mean now. Um, which I think is just good. the fucking best way of doing it. I think that's really good. And I think that's really good for like healing. I think like a couple of days after the incident or it was like a week or something, um, uh, a load of um, people sort of like stood about in Oslo with like roses and they just sort of stood there and just showed their power. Uh, and it was like no- Norwegians who are born in Norway, Norwegians who are not born in Norway, but you're all Norwegians, you're all family, you're all from the same place. Like, And I think that's brilliant. I find that after... After lots of terrorist incidents, the terrorists always feel they've won because they've taken lives. But if you look at the events that happen afterwards, people always like stand together. Like, all, without fail, they'll stand together. Yeah. And that is more powerful than just blowing people up, killing people. Like, what was it? Um, Manchester uh, bombings. Yeah. Who the the brother got found uh, guilty today and sent to prison? Like that, there was a whole concert about it. People came together. The city of Manchester came together. Like you brought people together, you fucking idiots. You've completely achieved the opposite of what you wanted to achieve. Yeah, in an attempt to try and scare people and like separate them, all you've done is just brought them closer. Exactly. So the the thing that radicalized the t- say, for example, you were born in Syria for whatever reason. What, what am I saying? You were born in Syria, and like the Americans or the English blow up your house in a war and that radicalizes you that's fair enough like you want to get vengeance on the english whatever but then you go and to an arena and bomb an english concert why then would you expect the english to fucking fall out with each other why would you not expect them to do exactly the same as what you've done Mm -hmm. and rise up against you It just, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a very vicious cycle. It, in my opinion, it will all stem down to stop blowing the fuck out of the Middle East, but that's a whole different episode. <laughs> yeah. um, on a personal level, I know we sort of mentioned who would you rather as your neighbour. Uh, on that, I would rather my neighbour be someone from another country who wants to live here and has chose to live here and has, I don't know, a doctorate or has a willingness to better themselves and better the society that they've chose to live in than someone who was born here who has nothing and wants to do nothing yeah. and just wants to just and all they have as their claim to fame is that they were born here I, I mean I'd rather have someone who chose to live here and wants to improve it than someone who's just born here and doesn't want to do nothing else yeah I just want to live next to good people I do want to rather I do want to live next to good people and that's all it is yeah don't give a fuck where yeah. you're from like, I, I just couldn't I, I'm, I'm, I, I have a utopian vision of the world that will never fucking happen <laughs> but that's how I choose to you live you do so that was Anders Brevik what do you think he's a fucking cockwomble yeah he definitely is a bit of a bell yeah <laughs> absolutely why children as well it just makes it so much worse 
Yeah, well, as I say, he, he thought what he was doing was ridding his nation of the new crop of politicians who will further fuck up the country. And if anything, I all truly, he's done I is the... I truly hope... Sorry, carry on. Well, I wasn't saying all he's done is that the young people that have survived, a lot of them have now gone into politics nearly 10 years on. A lot of this them have gone into say. politics. That blonde lad that he let go because he thought he looked right wing, I hope to God that he is gone into politics and is taking a stand against like right wing extremism because yeah, that would too. just be a massive kick in the teeth to Anders Brevet that you let this kid live and he is holding a massive middle finger up to you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Anders Brevik, bit of a bell end, <laughs> and that's what people yeah. do. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Stop killing people, you fucks. Yeah. Um, next week we're going uh, nice. Yeah, we are going with a nice person. I don't know who, and I've got the weekend to write it, so we need to figure it out soon. But yeah, yeah, it's um, going to be a nice because we've had so much shit lately. It's going to be a nice person. We have, we have. You guys, if 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 you've got through it, it's five weeks of just shit now, <laughs> right wing bellends, pure depression. Yeah, um, you've you've made it. You've got through it, and next week you should be rewarded with someone who's done something rather nice for everyone. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, thank you uh, very much for sticking with us. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Norway myself and going to Oslo. Um, Although I found out it's very difficult to travel around at the moment. Anyway, um, yeah, make sure you follow us on all the social media as always. Um, I won't go through the list anymore because you know what? I do it every episode and I'm like, if, like, I don't know. It's just, it's like, if you are find us, you'll find us. But what I will ask is um, if whatever you're listening to us on any, whatever platform you're listening to us, be that um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever you get it, if you can, if you're able to, um, drop us a little review. Um, that's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. Don't follow us on social media this week. Don't do it. I'm not asking you to. I'm asking you to give us a review. Maybe a little five star. Why not? Treat us. Um, it can be one star if you want. I don't really care. As long as it's getting reviews, right? I want to hear from you guys. Um, and and also, yeah, so drop us a review if you want to on any platform that you're listening to us on. And uh, make sure you remember we have a Kofi page, which you can drop donations to us. Uh, we did receive a donation this week um, and we are ever, ever, ever so grateful for that so thank you very much we're bowling yo we are start we're, we're on the we're on the we're on the roll ball rolling somewhere um yeah you can find us on that you can uh www.ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do and you can drop us a donation there all donations go towards the podcast to help us improve and better it i.e audio equipment uh and even like things like subscriptions to our uh, distributor to put the episodes out to you guys because things like that got to be paid. So yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we'll be eternally grateful if you could do anything. Uh, uh, if anything, join us next week where we talk about someone nice. So yeah, thank you for, yeah. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye.